As Logan Paul once said as he disrespectfully clowned around Japan, it's all about the respect. And in mixed martial arts, R-E-S-P-E-C-T isn't always easy to come by. In fact, being a great fighter doesn't even guarantee it, as everybody on this list can attest to. But that doesn't mean that in a single moment you can't completely turn around the perception fans have of you. Today is all about fighters who for one reason or another weren't given the credit they were due, but in a single night in very dramatic fashion took it, leaving even the most vocal of their naysayers with little to argue. I'm Tommy from MMA. On point, and these are the 10 exact moments fighters finally got their respect. Number 10 Glover Teixeira versus Jan Blahovich, UFC 267. If you know the real story of Glover's career, you know that he should have made his UFC debut at a prime 28 years old in a light heavyweight division that was at the time ruled by Rampage Jackson. Instead, due to visa issues, he would make his debut a whole four years later in a world now owned by John Jones. Still, Teixeira would rise up the ranks, coming into the UFC 17 2 before going on a five fight tear that saw him defeat the likes of Paige and Ryan Bader to earn a shot at JBJ. Bones masterfully neutralized Glover's threat and won all five rounds. By 2019, Teixeira was now 39 and had lost four more times since the Jones fight, assumedly to never see the title picture again, nor reach any level of real prestige. But in the absence of JBJ, who had vacated the title, the light heavyweight division was now wide open, and after five straight victories in the division, Glover found himself the unlikely second challenger to Jan Blahovich, who had just stopped Israel. Adesanya's bid for double champ status. Teixeira would pretty soundly defeat the Polish king to become the second oldest champion in UFC history and truly make his mark on the sport, getting the recognition and praise earned for a career that could have peaked with gold and the respect he deserved all the way back in 2008. Number 9. Zhang Weili vs. Jessica Andrade, UFC Fight Night 157 Even though she came into the promotion with a 16-1 record with 15 finishes and no losses in over three years, Zhang Weili was a hard sell to fans who thought her getting a spot on a pay-per-view in just her third bout was because the UFC wanted to build an audience in China. It's no secret that the promotion has long sought out a stronger foothold in that region of the world and have gone to great lengths, at one point creating a headquarters that was quietly vacated, doing a season of The Ultimate Fighter, and more recently building a second performance institute where they've been cultivating talent to enter the promotion. This sentiment about Wei Li's push would only increase when she was given a title opportunity off that victory over Tisha Torres, who was on a two-fight skid. Not only would she be fighting on Andrade for the belt, but the bout would take place in China. Now, if you ask me, that's just smart booking. I mean, they were going to China anyway, but nonetheless, Andrade was the perfect opponent for Zhang to earn everyone's respect. She was a terrifying threat, as she demonstrated when she dumped former beloved champion Thug Rose on her head, and she wasn't particularly popular, so when Wei Li absolutely demolished her in just 42 seconds, everyone collectively decided, oh yeah, okay, she can bang, that was cool. She's clearly a top-tier talent. And if there was anybody left who didn't think that after that one, they certainly did following the Yoana fight. Number 8. Stipe Miocic vs. Alistair Overeem, UFC 203 Now, I'll admit I had a blind spot on this one because I've been a Stipe fan from day one. We're both Midwest boys, I turned him into Stone Cold Steve Austin on Triple THS. He's one of the nicest dudes I've ever spoken to in my life. All that said, his title reign would surprise just about everybody, but me because I always knew. Truly though, who had he beaten? Undersized Fabio Maldonado? He lost to JDS. Mark Hunt, but that was in 2015 and right after he'd gotten his chin blasted by Verdum. He stopped Arlovsky's run at the title, but that was just about the most unexpected thing anyway, so it felt like of course that would come to an end. Even when he KO'd Fabricio in Brazil, he looked as shocked as anybody that he was world champion, and fans were baffled by Verdum's choice to sprint as fast as he could into Stipe's fists. But then came his first title defense. The Reem was on a four-fight run with three knockouts, looking like he'd finally put it all together and wasn't just a massive human, but also a complete fighter. Silly Stipe tapped memes aside, Miocic would have a banger of a heavyweight fight 
fight with Alistair, earning FOTN honors even though it went a single round. He fought through some serious adversity and KO'd the Ream in his hometown of Cleveland no less. Finally, the win felt big. It felt significant. It felt like it was time to take Stipe Miocic seriously. Number 7. Jens Pulver vs. BJ Penn, UFC 35 God, I love this story. Alright, let's take you back to 2001. Zufa just bought what was essentially a dead brand in the UFC, and on their first show, Pulver would win their first ever lightweight title. He next defended that title on the worst pay-per-view of all time, point being the belt and Jen's reputation by that point weren't exactly prestigious things. This BJ Penn guy, though, now there's a fucking star. His first three fights for Zufa, the first three fights of his entire career, he killed everybody. Three first-round finishes, the third against Cal Uno, the guy Pulver went the distance with to earn the title. That one was an 11-second knockout. Baby J was young, he was exciting, and on top of his knockout ability, a BJJ prodigy, he was essentially Buzz Lightyear to Pulver's Woody. You know what, that didn't sound right. You get the analogy, though. Way cooler, way better. Mom, throw all this cowboy shit out. I want to be a spaceman now. Jens would enter his third title defense, a massive underdog, and was fully expected to get steamrolled by the rising star. But nope, not on that night. The five-rounder would be a back-and-forth, but Pulver would outlast Penn and earn a majority decision. It's still, to me, the highlight of Little Evil's career, and the exact moment people finally gave him the respect he deserved. Number 6. Brock Lesnar vs. Shane Carwin, UFC 116 Just looking at Brock Lesnar's giant Doomslayer presence, you would think the guy gets all the respect in the world out of fear that he might eat your limbs. But that's not how sports work. We're far away and can say whatever we want. There's a very solid chance he won't come up into the stands and kill me. Therefore, I can say you suck, Brock Lesnar. Sure, you were a D1 national champion wrestler before going to pro wrestling, but until I say otherwise, you're not a real fighter. This stigma would follow Brock through his very short career. First, it was the loss to Mir in his UFC debut. Well, 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 looks like the big boy isn't going to be great. Then his win over Heath Herring was dismissed as, well, Crazy Horse has yeed his last haw and he does terrible against wrestlers. Then he beat Randy for the title and it was like, of course, Couture is a legend, but he's old and way too small. Then he beat Mir in the rematch and it was, Frank totally almost had him with that knee. And sure, you can beat somebody up when you're holding them down like a Neanderthal. It didn't matter what he did. Fans just didn't like him. They didn't accept him. He was a flash in the pan, a guy who got the easy road because of his wrestling fame. Popular and a huge draw, of course, but the respect was not there. Then he would sit out with diverticulitis. There was speculation that that was it for him, but he returned and he finally had to face someone that fans saw as a true challenge in Shane Carwin. This guy was killing everybody. 12-0 with 12 finishes, 4 in the UFC. This was a legitimate threat. Carwin would batter Lesnar in the first round. In fact, if the fight got stopped, I wouldn't have complained. And while it looked like it was curtains for the Beast Incarnate, Brock somehow survived, and with Shane gassed in the second, he secured an incredible submission win of all things, and that was that, folks. He survived diverticulitis, he survived Shane Carwin, and he finally proved himself to those fans that just refused to give him anything along the way. Number 5. Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum, UFC 236 He may be back in the not-so-good graces of fans again at the moment after a few lackluster title defenses, but fans also weren't too keen on Israel Adesanya in his early career, perhaps in part because of the heaps of praise being laid upon him right out of the gate. Following his UFC debut victory, there were already people comparing his style to Anderson Silva and John Jones. And with Izzy carrying himself with the confidence of a world champion from day one, many a fan waited for the day that he had to have a real fight. Not that he was competing against scrubs, but because the expectation was so high, wins over Wilkinson, Tavares, and even Brunson weren't going to be enough for some. And as far as that Silva fight, eh, so he took an old man to a decision. It didn't help that the victory then put Adesanya in an interim title bout, but in this sport, one badass fight can win the fan base over no matter what the perception
position was before, and that is exactly what happened at 236 when Izzy had a good old-fashioned slobber knocker, as Jimmy Ross would say, with Hall of Fame dark horse Kelvin Gastelum. The two beat the shit out of each other in an instant classic, and a video circulating of Adesanya quietly telling himself he was prepared to die before the start of the fifth only added to the badassery of it all. Adesanya had more than proven himself on that night and quieted quite a few of his naysayers. Number 4. Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg UFC 232 You would think that the moment you win a world title, you are a respected figure in the sport, but that was not the case for Amanda Nunes, not even close. It wasn't enough that she destroyed Misha Tate at UFC 200 to earn the bantamweight strap. It wasn't enough that she steamrolled Ronda Rousey in her first ever title defense. Hell, she was barely an afterthought in that fight, and then when she defeated the sport's biggest star, everybody just said Rousey was never even good, thus no respect for the lioness. Two more title defenses weren't enough either. Many fans felt she lost the decision to Shevchenko, and that Pennington wasn't a strong enough challenge. But then along came a cyborg, who by this point considering Rousey's downfall, had reclaimed her throne as the sport's top female fighter. Nobody had beaten Chris since her pro debut 13 years prior, and this wasn't going to be a bantamweight, we were fighting at 145, the world that Cyborg ruled. In less than a minute, Nunez would KO, and I mean legit KO, Chris Cyborg. And she beat her at her own game, no less, in a wild brawl. Now the double champ with wins over the two best the sport had ever seen, Amanda Nunez finally got the respect she deserved. Number 3. Demetrius Johnson vs. Adriano Marais won on Prime Video 1 Mighty Mouse might be the most underrated fighter in the history of the sport. Sure, he was respected by a lot of hardcores, and of course the media, but man did this guy get shit on by everybody else. And all he did was dominate in the UFC. 11 straight title defenses, a record that's never gonna be broken. He arguably beat Cejudo at 227 when he finally did drop the strap and got shipped off to one championship. But to a lot of fans, he was the embodiment of a division that Dana White was always about to get rid of entirely for its low quality. The king of nothing. Ironically, his first real loss in over a decade would ultimately lead to his finally getting respect. After quietly winning the one flyweight GP, DJ was shockingly KO'd in the second round of a title challenge against Adriano Marais. To the fans who never respected him anyway, it was just proof he couldn't even win outside the UFC. Cut to last month and about a year and a half since the loss, with DJ out of sight and out of mind, he would main event one's debut on Amazon Prime and exact his revenge with a finishing sequence as beautiful and as stunning as anything in the Louvre. The victory immediately shot DJ to the top of the MMA discussion, especially on a weekend without the UFC having an event. Suddenly, it seemed as if Johnson was everybody's favorite fighter, an MMA god. The praise and adoration pouring in from all over the place, like the ex we hadn't seen in years who had a glow up and suddenly filled us with regret for ever leaving them. Come back to us, DJ. Number 2. Leon Edwards vs. Kamaru Usman UFC 278 The whole theme of this card was fighters getting respect they long deserved. First in Luke Rockhold's career swan song against Paulo Costa, where he went out swinging fuck you shots and licking his own blood off the eraser's face, and then of course in the main event for our dude Rocky, who up to the last minute of the fifth round of that fight with the Nigerian Nightmare wasn't exactly anybody's dude. In fact, it wasn't even that he wasn't popular. There was this weird disdain for him by some fans, which I could never fully understand. It didn't seem like he actively antagonized anybody besides Jorge Masvidal. I knew there were a lot of people who felt he was boring in his style and personality and such, but for some reason it went beyond that a bit. Maybe it's because many of the media were rightly always singing his praises. Despite his stellar nine straight victories on his way to more than earning his chance at welterweight gold, he wasn't even perceived as much of a threat to the champion by the same fans that disliked him for being boring. In fairness, I didn't expect him to win either, and I liked him. Of course, all that changed with an absolutely beautiful head kick that took out the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Truly the pinpoint moment Edwards got his respect. And if that 
didn't do it, the pizza dance won everybody else over. Number one, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje, UFC 274. Nobody on this list had a longer road to that moment that finally got them the respect they deserved than Ghost Lightweight Champion Charlie Olive's Esquire. Ten straight wins with nine finishes, a world title, and a successful defense? Nah, nah, that's not gonna do it, not enough. There were so many justifications, too. Well, look, Ferguson's on the decline. The Chandler win was a fluke, he was almost KO'd in the first. Poirier's clearly washed, now he basically gave him his back. It also didn't help that his extended career in the middle of the pack had many fans labeling him as a journeyman. And then there were all the weight cut problems from his past. That stuff pisses people off and they don't forget about it either. Hell, even the weight miss he had for the fight at 274 that pretty clearly seemed to be related to some sort of technical issue with the check-in scale, people jumped all over and were burying Oliveira, including his super popular opponent. Gaethje was the perfect guy for Charles to fight because he's so popular, so respected, and is seen as one of, if not the most dangerous threats in the division. To submit him in the first round like he did, to get knocked down and still outstrike Justin, still score his own knockdown and get the finish, there was nothing you could say anymore. The body of work more than spoke for itself before that night, but this was a big-ass cherry on top. Oliveira wasn't a journeyman or a fluke champion, but an all-time lightweight, and to say otherwise at that point would have looked silly. Speaking of goats, or boats as Tony Ferguson would say, big shout out to Ben Rosette for the tunes. Be sure to follow the man on social media. You know who else is all time? You are for watching this video. We very much appreciate it. And also, if you'd so kindly like and subscribe, as far as I'm concerned, you're a Hall of Famer. And don't forget to have a great day. Maybe there's another one of our videos you might want to watch right now. Just saying, there's probably one on the screen. No pressure. See you guys, and thanks again.